was muted hey everybody <laughs> welcome back to the pixelist podcast the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy and as always we're your hosts i'm will that's blake today we're here to talk a little worlds beyond number yeah man i'm it's something weird just happened like in the intro my camera got really dark so i'm like what's happening here but <laughs> oh yeah it did it just did it again yeah i, think. I don't know what's going on here so <laughs> what's you happening adopted but you merely adopted the dark. <laughs> That's right. You come to this channel to hear our bad Bane. And actually, yours was pretty good. Mine would be pretty bad. So, see if we can fix this lighting a little bit. Well, yeah, as Blake's tinkering over there, welcome yeah, everybody. Yeah, we're we're glad to have you back. Um, it is Monday, which means um, you know, the new episode's coming out tomorrow. So we're we're scooting it right under the rug. Is that a phrase? <laughs> Totally. No, yeah. it actually isn't, but I got what you were saying. There's there's some phrase adjacent to that one that I was searching for. Scooting um, in under the rug. <laughs> yeah. In, in there, does that sound quasi-familiar? Um, no. Y'all let me know in the comments if anybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, try, try it casually at work, guys, and see <laughs> if it, you know, someone's like, I was fired. <laughs> like, oh, sorry. Gotta go talk that. to HR. Uh, but yeah because we got the new episode coming out tomorrow um which i don't want to get too ahead of myself but pretty interesting cliffhanger at the end of this Mm -hmm. one so i'm excited to be able to dive back in as soon as tomorrow um yeah excited to talk about it and um as far as any other announcements it's basically just the huge um critical role the ravening war just had its finale so we will be talking about that um some point in the near future and uh we also been putting out some diablo content or i should say that's mainly been uh blake i don't want to i don't want to steal any of the credit but for any of you guys playing d4 definitely check that out and uh even if you're not we'd appreciate it if you show those videos some love uh, my man's been working hard and we've both been gaming hard so True. uh for anybody else that is actually playing let us know in the comments we can maybe do some dungeons together or something yeah yeah um, a lot of big changes coming for diablo too we should Maybe talk about that at some point, but yeah. Anyway, any other Anywho. announcements? I don't think so. Alrighty, well, let's get right into it then. And uh, as always, we're gonna launch into our recap, and uh, we cut that out and host it separately on YouTube. So if you're on just the recap video and you want to hear our full thoughts in this episode, it will be linked in the description box below. Um, you want to take us off today, my friend? Yeah, <laughs> I had this weird joke of being like, no. <laughs> just leave the call <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay uh yeah so thanks for coming to our recap with that weird joke at the start uh so this episode opened up with the picking up on the climax of the previous episode uh with essentially we had ursulon confronting the wizard pain over his dealings with will gallows and seemingly Pain beginning to frame Ursulon in an attack on himself. And that is indeed what happens. Um, as we saw, Pain is going to slice himself with his dagger and immediately is going to fire this electric bolt at Ursulon. And I think it's something like nine points of damage. It's it's a lot. Um, almost his entire health pool. Meanwhile, we have um 
uh, Ame and Suvi, who are essentially rushing down uh, the hallway, trying to get to them in time. And also we have Ursulon, who's going to cast in, in a in similar way that he did back in the prequel or, or the starting episode, uh, is going to cast Invisibility. And um, there's a lot of mom energy that comes from Suvi this episode. So he basically runs down to mom to be like, hey, <laughs> I need some help. Uh, the fox is going to stay in there. Uh, Pain kind of panics, realizing that, okay, um, I, I just lost this person who just saw me attack them. Uh, so he's actually going to shut the door, lock it, and uh, according to the fox, things get very hot very quickly. Come to find out that Payne is actually burning all of the evidence in his office of the supposed embezzlement uh, that has been occurring, the manipulating of the books that he's been doing. Uh, Ursulon, uh, in a very anti-critical way, uh, seems to have no problem breaking down this door uh, and is going to throw his body <laughs> at it, knock this door down, and the combat is going to ensue. Uh, the highlight of this combat is going to be our um, Archmage Apprentice, Suvi, doing a magic missile attack on uh, Pain. Uh, and there's also a moment, by the way, where Payne gets l uh, throat lunged by our favorite fox. Uh, and we have this moment where we find out the fox only has two hit points uh, in which Yikes. Payne is actually going to attack the fox and fortunately misses. Uh, so the fox survives, even though there was a moment that everyone was like, it's episode eight. Please don't kill the fox. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, this magic missile is going to hit. It's going to knock Payne out. And the party essentially, well, really, Ursulon and Ame feel sorry for the, the wizard and or the guild mage. And uh, Ursulon is going to use Lay on Hands to bring him back. Uh, there's a moment where um, Payne is considering continuing to fight for his life, uh, where Ame basically, through a persuasion check, is like, hey, you've lost. We can figure something out. Um, don't do this. Around this time, Moro is going to arrive with the other mages and are basically like, what's going on? And they see pain there on the ground, like blood flowing from his mouth, you know, deep wounds from the arcane missiles, um, you know, ash in the office. And this persuasion check works. And pain basically tells a story of, um, you know, yeah, we were having a little rough housing in the <laughs> office. And... Um, me and Ursulon are actually both from the same area in Silbury, and we love to play indoor croquet <laughs> and basically gives like this whole hijink of a explanation of what happened and is like, yeah. And then at one point I had Ursulon had my dagger and I turned and accidentally walked into it. And then I shot myself by mistake with <laughs> arcane missiles <laughs> And uh, Suvi is so disgusted at this silly story that she's actually going to, she pockets the dagger. She's going to walk out and kind of storm off. And Ame and Ursula are like, yeah, that's what happened. Um, and Mora was like, you know, as you would expect, there's no place for this kind of tomfoolery in the Scepter's Chorus. Like, how could you guys do something like this? And um, basically he's going to go off to retrieve Suvi. Uh, so as he leaves... Ame and Ursulon basically have this conversation with Payne where Payne's like, hey, so like, tell me about, what do you know about Will Gallows? Like, what's, what's, what's happening here? 
And they basically explain like he has something that we need and part of our mission is turning you over and you have a chance now to start, you, you have a chance, like, you know, we're not gonna kill you, but um, use it wisely. And Payne basically says, well, I have some documents that would be really valuable to Will Gallows in the library. Uh, I can go get it for you. And both of them had an insight check that was very high, and they realized that this is someone who is um, grasping at straws, totally BSing, uh, is just trying to get away as fast as possible. Uh, Ame is insightful to this and basically is like, hey, seriously, like, you, this is your only chance. Like, we've done our duty. Uh, your best chance is just to run and just get out of here. Uh, so Payne kind of just like, all right, well, see you later, <laughs> and like runs off. Uh, meanwhile, um, Suvi uh, is approached by Moro and there's kind of this conversation where it's like, Hey, like what's like, what's going on here? This is wild. And Suvi is like, Hey, I have to be honest. And basically reveals a little bit of what she's been hiding, which is we were sent here because we were suspicious of embezzlement. Um, I sent Ursula to confront pain and then he attacked him. We find out that Moro's not the sharpest tool in the box because uh, Moro's like, oh my gosh, well then why were they playing indoor croquet? And Suvi's like, well, they weren't. That was the cover. And then he's like, but why did he shoot himself? It was very like male, why male models energy in this yeah. conversation. <laughs> um, all that to say, um, Moro's grateful and basically is like, hey, well, I know you've, you guys have had a tough night, but we still should go see what we've been working on in the Derrick. Um, there's some very exciting things happening. So they have a couple hours to kill before they do that. Uh, Suvi's going to go back to Ursuline and Ame. And as she's approaching, Ursuline and Ame have this great conversation about how, hey, it really kind of feels like um, Suvi is kind of always looking out for us and we want to kind of pick up our weight a bit more. And like not necessarily like be the one that she's always having to save, but really, you know, carry our weight, so to speak. Um, around this time, Suvi arrives and they begin to head off to the armory, uh, to gear up before this adventure. And why don't you take it from there? Yes, sir. So on that, on that same note, you know, where they want to be able to do more, that's how, like, that's why this armory comes into play. And Suvi's like, I basically run this joint. Like we can go get stuff from the armory. So they head there and, um, it's a lot more ostentatious than they presumed, um, it's just kind of like a small, quaint room, and Brennan basically has everyone roll investigation checks, and it's based on those checks, um, what they kind of find in here, what they discover. Um, and a part of this also is that there is like a ledger that uh, marks like what goes in and out of the armory, and so Suvi um, knows that her station here kind of allows her to do whatever she wants, but she also realizes that, like, if they just clean out this whole place, like, someone is going to face consequences for that. So she is going to kind of take a note of everything that they end up taking from here. And uh, one of the first things they do see are these large staves that the Azure Battalion uses. Um, they're colloquially, colloquially, I can never say that word. They're called matchsticks. Um, it's kind of their nicknames. And they uh, are basically these war mage staffs that let you uh, be more proficient with cantrips. Um, and Brennan hands Avria a little like index card for the the stave. And actually, um, 
as part of uh, the Patreon, they sent out like the actual stats for all of these items that they end up getting, which I don't want to like go over that here because I know that's like paywalled content and I don't want to just, you know, like say it here. But uh, for those of you that are, you know, patrons, definitely check that out because they're pretty cool. Um, so they see the staves and then um, Ame is really impressed with these in particular because their magical enchantment is permanent. Um, unlike the things she creates, which are basically like a one-time use or at least a limited use. Um, so she actually wants to take one of these herself kind of to just study it and learn more about how this type of magic um, operates. Um, so they actually take two, one for Ame and I believe one for Ursulon. Um, <clears throat> then based on Ame's check, she also finds this stack of fabric that's on this chair that look like bandanas. And we find out that these are... Uh, witch fire veils, which they're basically kind of like masks for using around magical smoke, such as witch fire. So she takes, I believe, four of those. Um, Suvi finds some golden bracers that would actually fit around Ursulon, because one of the things that happens when they come in here, Ursulon in particular, is very excited about perhaps getting some new armor or just getting some new gear. Um, but they come into this armory, which is essentially an armory for wizards. So it's not really geared out with things that somebody like Ursulon could use, um, especially in the sense of things that would fit him. Like there's uh, mention of boots and different jackets, but they're all far too small for someone of Ursulon's stature. Um, these bracers, however, that Suvi finds will actually fit. Um, and they have a minor abjuration on them, we are told. Uh, Ursulon finds a drawer full of magical rings, um, and there seem to be three types in here, bronze, copper, and coral. Um, and there's kind of a big info dump um, here with these rings, and like I mentioned in the Patreon, you get a fuller breakdown of them. Uh, but from what's revealed in the episode itself, uh, we know that there are bronze, copper, and coral. And the bronze rings are known as steward's rings, um, and they're basically for for people who are going to be carrying uh, heavy loads, doing cargo shipments, loading, unloading, basically. Uh, then we have the copper rings, which are scouts rings. And we're told those are for people who are like on watch duty, um, scouting duty, guard duty, things like that, with the general idea being that they probably increase your perception in some way. Uh, and then finally, we have the coral rings, which are known as sailors rings, um, which Suvi hasn't heard of before. <clears throat> But we basically um, come to find out that these kind of let you breathe underwater. Um, Suvi knows that it's only safe to wear two of these magical rings at once. Um, and we're no, we know that these are Citadel made and mass produced. And they're basically made to just bolster non-combat abilities for people. Uh, she also tells Ursulon that these will resize to fit him. And she gives him a Scout's ring, which is the one that will help with perception. Um... And so Ursulon takes that one, and then he takes the coral one, which lets you breathe underwater. Ame, however, takes a bronze and a copper. Um, so the scout's ring and then the uh, steward ring, which is for carrying heavy loads and stuff. Um, and as soon as she puts those on, she starts to kind of sweat profusely and feel a bit sick to her stomach. And Suvi knows that there's a bit of a process to getting attuned to this ring um, and that that's normal. Uh, Ame is then like, hmm, I wonder if these would work on non-humans, thinking that she might try to get the fox to wear one of these cargo rings um, to, to bolster him up a bit. Uh, but they ultimately decide, I think, not to at the time. Um, 
Oh, it's because they ask him. They ask the fox, are you down to wear a ring? And he's like, no, I don't like clothes. Uh, and so that doesn't pan out. But um, one other thing that happens in here is uh, I believe Erica passes a note to Brennan because she is attempting to steal something. Um, but she is not successful as Ursuline and Suvi both notice her do this. Uh, and she steals some sort of jacket, we're told. Uh, then they take about the next hour. And again, uh, Suvi marks all of this down in the ledger. And she herself actually does not take a single thing. Um, but having gotten all this new gear, uh, they then take about the next hour to attune to the various things that they got. Um, and during this time, Suvi says that she takes the book that has the collection of her parents' things in it. Um, she says she's going to take that. And so she tries to just hide it amongst her things. Um, and at the end of this hour, Ame now is ripped. She has all these new muscles um, as she has now successfully attuned to this bronze ring. And we we are told she now has a strength score of 19, which yeah. is Her level massive. One. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. And uh, higher than Ursulon, even. Um, <clears throat> so after this, they go and get on a carriage and are heading toward the port to go to the Wizard Derricks. And on the way, Suvi notices a Citadel carriage parked at the governor's mansion. And because she has the observant feet, she's able to read the lips of the driver of the carriage who is speaking to someone. Um, and he says, as you wish, Abjur Galani, I believe they should be outside sooner than later. I heard from someone that the scepter's chorus, and then it gets cut off because Suvi's carriage kind of turns a corner and she can't see anymore. So Suvi believes that uh, what happened with pain and the scepter's chorus in them has already made the rounds in terms of gossip. Um, but before they can get too much into that, they have arrived at the port and they board a ship to head out to the uh, wizard's derricks. And Moral tells Suvi like, Hey, we were unable to capture pain, but we got this wanted poster. Like we're making moves on it and it will be taken care of. Suvi's like, I consider it handled. Don't worry about it. So the ship arrives at this massive structure that Brennan describes as four steel beams that kind of all come to a point like a pyramid, like a tall, narrow pyramid um, that's also hollow. And it basically just has all these platforms in it. And in the center of each platform is this like glass crystal disc that's basically like a lens um, that you can see through and you can look up and see all the way to the top, no matter which platform you're on. And at the very top are these lights that they've been seeing um, out at sea each night. Um, and there's these basically prism looking lights um, that seemingly blast light down through these lenses to make something happen. And uh, there's also rune work that they can see on each of these uh, crystal glass discs. So at the top, which is where everyone travels, they travel to the very top, the highest platform. Uh, Moro says, like, it's about to begin. Welcome to the, and I might be butchered, I might butcher this, the Calabell Nautomantic apparatus. Um, he it. says, <laughs> he <laughs> says it took three and a half years to build, uh, but the enchanting could only begin in the last year. So he's like, I could explain more, but it would be better for you just to experience it. Let the wonder begin. And he claps, and these attendant mages on the various levels begin to chant, and Moro even begins to chant, and these light prisms overhead begin to rotate, and the lenses begin to shift, and this basically, the way I envision it is this beam of light goes down through these lenses into the water below, 
uh, and it causes this white foam to start coming up from the waves, which builds and builds. Um, and Brennan describes it uh, as this light zooming down and kind of displacing the water um, down to the bottom of the ocean floor, maybe a couple hundred feet down. And what is revealed down here is this gargantuan form, uh, bigger than a ship, uh, just massive. And it's kind of moving with breath or palpitation, uh, but there's no face. There's hundreds of tendrils coming off of it, and it's described as like um, red and cream stripes on its colorization. And it's basically just this massive Leviathan sea monster. And at the front of its body, uh, he describes a series of bioluminescent lights that are kind of lighting up and a massive tail tucked underneath itself. Uh, just this massive creature unlike anything they've seen before. And underneath it, where its body comes into contact with the ocean floor, this coral is growing up. Basically growing up from anywhere this thing's body touches. And the source of the coral at the source of it is like this glimmering blue light um, that seems to be kind of soaking out from this leviathan's body. Um, and at the base of the derrick, the coral is being carved away. And uh, as the light from the prism touches the creature, it's kind of pushed down and everything is kind of like reverberating from the impact. Moro at this point is like smiling and weeping with joy. And Suvi just asks, what have you done? And that's where the episode ends. Um, once again, episode eight of The Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild One, The Catch. Uh, again, if you're on the recap and want to hear our full discussion, it'll be linked down below. But let's get into it, man. Let's do it, man. Great episode, by the way. Um, yeah. This is this was definitely one that I was like, oh, man, I'm ready for the next one. Yeah. For sure. What a what a cliffhanger. I mean, it's hard not to just start there uh, if that's OK with you. Yeah, I think we nailed it. I think we talked about like in the last episode, the one before about how we thought. And I don't remember if you hear my toddler having a meltdown, by the way, but um, how we thought that good. <laughs> uh, how we thought that like, what could be happening out here. And I think what we said in the previous episode was, could this be um naram the spirit of the sea being imprisoned or experimented on or in something happening and that is then inciting the fury of his lover um i can't think of her name but of of the of the earth or like uh the vines or the plants or what have you but those um that stuff encroaching now and like kind of consuming the surrounding lands. Um, it seems like that is what is happening. I agree. And I was trying to, I was trying to look up that name cause I can't think of it either. It starts with an O I'm pretty sure I keep, I, my brain's yeah, wanting to say need... Ophelia. I know it's not it, but it's like something like that. I think. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I'm totally with you. Like, I don't know if it's, if it's confirmation bias, but I feel like that's gotta be what's happening almost. Oh yeah, that, I mean for sure. It seems like that is the case. Um, hang on, I'm just looking real quick to see if I can track down. Oh, uh, here we yeah. go. Transcript. Um, Spirit of the sea, spirit of the green. Uh, Orima. Orima. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Naram, the wave lord. Yeah. 
Naram the Wave Lord and Orima or Orima. I can't yeah, remember how you I pronounce it. I think it's Orima. Yeah, now Orima that you say that. of the Reaching Green. Because, yeah, I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's either literally Naram, which is what we speculated and I think would make sense, or it's like another powerful sea spirit. Mm-hmm. And if it was the latter, you would think that Naram would be getting upset and doing mm-hmm. things similar to how presumably Orima is with the, the kudzu. And since mm-hmm. we haven't heard of any like ocean attacks or anything weird going on with the yeah. ocean, it makes me think that's Naram. And the reason he's not fighting back is because he's imprisoned. So, yeah. you know, I don't know if we should just full book it and uh oh, we should send it 100 you know? every it, it just makes sense i mean the clever little dm detail of the statues that they saw i mean you know oh, that's the, true um, the greeting of like the nearby town of like you know naram i mean i think it just adds up and these are these are just little breadcrumbs i think brennan's put down just to make it make more sense so now that you say that that does call into question something that we talked about last episode of how Moro didn't know the Naram greeting. So do you think he doesn't even know what this thing is down there? Or does he know? And that was like a. I think he, I don't think he, I don't think he was lying. Um, I think, I think it is what you said last episode of like, here's this person stationed here and in his own like ego and ignorance, doesn't even know some of the customs uh, but he also mentions in this episode that they have been speaking to some of the locals and says something like, um, in a kind of a condescending way, like, you know, they think they really kind of know how things are around here or they have like their own um, stories, but they really don't know as much as they think they know. And so I think that's kind of like, I could see how both could be true in the sense of the locals maybe spoke about Naram but he he got enough of what he needed to like yeah. fuel what he was doing rather than really learning about the phrase or the saying or what have you. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Which okay. How did they set this up? <laughs> it's like this whole thing is like a massive pyramid structure and it took years to build. So did like Naram just haphazardly happen to like swim under this thing? at the right moment because it's not like oh yeah. we found this thing and it maybe i mean maybe naram doesn't move maybe he yeah. varies you know stationary and they were able to build it somewhat around him um but that's the part i couldn't really wrap my head around was it just like insane luck that it happened i think, to, by, I think you know? by some means they caught him in this spot and they built the derrick around him because i think what Britton said was that the um because it's like a triangle that like the steel beams were built intentionally around to um, because there was some like phrasing about uh, I don't know if it was like the currents or the water, even like the beams of light, but there was something around about either Naram, which I'm going to say Naram, but the sea creature, I don't know if it was like pushing away or pushing back or something and how these like corners were like kind of re, um, creating those boundaries like those like kind of reasserting like here's the boundaries of what we have i don't envision that being built like don't move (laughs) for three years yeah i think in some way they might have caught it and then built those things there to sort of like 
like kind of built the prison, so to speak. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I think didn't they say back in reference to the the kudzu, which I hope I'm kudzu kudzu the the encroaching plants thing didn't didn't that roughly start about a year ago, or am I making that up? Uh, yes. Um, I think it was something like that. And maybe it's, yeah. you know, gotten worse and worse, but I think that's roughly when it started, yeah. which would line up when the enchantments started right. on this thing. Okay. So that lines up to me, if if everything I just said was true, which maybe it's not. But alrighty, y'all. Sorry for the little transition. We had a bit of a dad emergency and had to stop, but we're back now. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I'm a dad, so. <laughs> it's all good to them. Not even a second passed. So yeah. um, it's been but, 12 years. <laughs> we have like completely different facial hair. So yeah. um, this series ended eight years ago. <laughs> anyway. It would be like a funny. Uh, I won't get yeah. too distracted here. Uh, so right. I think I think we were just talking about like what we think us thinking it was Naram and like the mechanics of the Derek that had been built around right. it. Right. And we've been talking about our suspicion about um, Orima. And the uh, Kutsu kind of encroaching on the towns, being her trying to get to Naram or something in some, something to that regard. But Yeah, some sort of like retribution. Um, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. Er, we, go ahead. We, we, I was going to say, we predicted it as much, and it seems like that's the case. I, I agree. Um, honest, I mean, I don't know what else it would be. At, yeah, at least, so. I mean, that's, I guess that's kind of, arrogant to say but at least with this current theory all those pieces seem to line up pretty well let me say um, if it's not that i'm quitting the show yeah we're so. done <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> so okay so operating under those assumptions i wonder exactly what this what this means and what like, cause Moro obviously thinks like he's struck big. Like this is the thing that's finally going to get him some renown, some recognition in tears. Right. Yeah. He was happy crying. Um, Brennan is so good at creating douchey villains, <laughs> you know, that you're just like, Oh gosh. Yeah. Like, that's probably harsh to say villain, but you get what I'm saying. No. Yeah. I, I was going to bring this up at, at some point is just that, uh, all of the, Villains, I guess NPCs, maybe because I don't mean just the bad guys, but especially the bad guys have all felt so three dimensional and different. Like, because mm -hmm. if you just think about Moro, Pain, uh, Gallows, like those are mm -hmm. all like, I feel like I can really like feel mm -hmm. each of those characters and they're and they're starkly different. Um, yeah. Which, you know, as DMs, you know, when you kind of come up with like a villain and like make them compelling, but different from just like the typical mustache twirling um mm -hmm. you know anyway that well and kind of beside the current that, point but yeah. well just like a quick parking spot there for a second um i know when i've dm'd my thought has been every character needs to not only it's the matt mercer effect but not only needs to be starkly different but needs to have different accents like mm -hmm. different voices yeah and something I've appreciated about Brennan is how well he creates these different characters while not, not that he doesn't have accents or doesn't do accents, but um, it's made me kind of be a bit more cognizant as a DM of, I should put more work in 
how do you create those differences rather than, oh, that person's British, that person's Irish or, <laughs> yeah, you know, or like what, what, what frustrates my wife. She's like, why are there Irish people here? And I'm like, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, why? It's just, it's an accent. She's like, there's no Ireland in this world. I'm like, why are you so caught on this one accent? So she's part Irish. So that's probably why. Oh, okay. She, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. I can see it now though. Now that yeah. You mentioned yeah. It. Um, but yeah, totally agreed. Um, you know, just chalk another point into the Brennan is amazing at this bread basket. Um, okay. But so clearly he, Moro thinks he's onto something huge here. And if it, if it indeed is Naram, then clearly he is. Cause I don't know if, if it's fair to say that Naram is like one of the most powerful. I, I wouldn't say that but clearly is a powerful, great spirit. Um, yeah. And again, they seem to be harvesting this coral that, that springs up because of the liquid that coral. did I, did you parse that the same way as me during the yeah, recap? Sorry. Your coral made me think of coral. From coral. The <laughs> yeah. He said coral. It's very coral esque. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It seems everything Naram touches blesses or sprouts this coral of some, so I can't not hear it now of some kind. And uh, yeah, I think they're harvesting it. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, I wonder, is it, is it always this coral or is it by, by nature of the fact that he's in the ocean right now? Like maybe this, yeah. this liquid is just like life giving and because yeah. of being at the ocean, it's coral, but like, use this liquid somewhere else. Maybe it does something else. Yeah. I mean, we do know they're making these wands. Yeah. Presumably with whatever they're harvesting from this coral. Um, I think Suvi said it well, or maybe it was Ame uh, when they were reflecting on that. And they said, it feels like, it feels like what you see when like people are about to go to war. And we know that the kingdom is at war with, um, uh, Gathmir, Gathmire, um, uh, yeah, or something. Like yeah, that. something like that. So, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe we got a little bit of a a picture of how they're using it, and maybe Moro, you know, is excited at the idea of, on top of just fame and fortune, likely, um, being the person who ends the war, so to speak, or at least feeds the upper hand, um. But yeah, something going on with that, I think. Um, presumably some pass- powerful reagent. Do you... I just operated under this assumption, but now I'm not sure. Do you remember that being the case, that those wands were being made in some relation to the Derek? I don't know. I don't know if they were making them. The impression I originally got was that they needed like a very specific type of magical instrument so they had gone out and acquired like tons of wands and then they were testing to see which ones had the innate proficiency of what they needed to to control naram or in some way make the harvesting more easy easier um but i also am comfortable with the other way around like thinking about where does this where does this coral go how are they using it maybe it's to make those wands yeah i I can't remember, so I hate having to like operate in the gray area. Um, 
y'all let us know in the comments if, if you guys do explicitly remember, or maybe I'll go re-listen to that part after this. Um, but if they, if they came from the coral or whatever, that the Derek's in some way, then that makes sense to me because they now are like, they have all these things and now they're testing for the ones that like were affected. Mm -hmm. Cause it would make right. sense if the reason those can control water with their cantrip or whatever it was would be because it was somehow like tied to Naram's power that checks out to me. But if it was just like random ones, they went out and bought and just sometimes for whatever reason, some of those have that capability makes less sense to me, but I can't yeah. remember if, if we do know that they were from that or not, but anyways, <clears throat> I guess if they are, then that makes sense for one thing they're doing with those, which then, you know, like you mentioned, to give them an upper hand in the war also makes sense. Um, and I'm sure these things will get further explained, maybe even as soon as next episode. But I'm just curious what the what the implications are from for capturing such a great spirit. Um, like what what do they plan on doing with this? Um and I'm well, also and, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just gonna say I'm also we know the about the kudzu or kudzu or whatever. Um, I'm also curious, like, why has why uh, Orima hasn't been more like present? Yeah, more like why has there not been a, a retribution more so than just this seemingly pretty slowly encroaching vegetation. Yeah. You know, shouldn't like, especially if this is her lover and it is like li mm. literally being imprisoned and tortured esque in a way, you would think yeah. that would warrant like a more aggressive response. Well, we still don't really know the mechanics of like the spirit realm versus the physical realm. True. You know, like, namely, why is Naram physically there? Yeah, I was going to not this in the spirit too. realm. Um, and, you know, I, there, there may be something linked there about maybe Orima can't is not able to come, but is able to, to influence from yeah. afar the vegetation and grow up this, this kutsu, kutsu, um, to try to save Naram. Um, I imagine that is something we'd also get more clarity on. Um, I'm more curious where, what's going to happen in this next episode. I mean, yeah. you know, surely, I mean, are they going to, is, is Suvi going to just outright be like, stop this? I mean, Moro has been so, I mean, he's in tears, so excited about this. I mean, feels like she'd have to, because Ursuline's a spirit. But then again, it's like, you're out in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by these mages. Like, what's your game plan? Still level one. True. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh. I, I want to talk about that, but one last thing before we completely move on. Do you have any thoughts as to why you think Naram would be in this realm? Especially no. considering Morima yeah, seemingly isn't. I Moro said we caught we caught it or caught him. I can't remember which one he said. Um so there's some whether they laid a trap or like through coincidence that we talked about. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they what lured lured him out somehow. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. was just wondering if you had any thoughts there. Now onto what you were saying. Yeah. I'm really curious because I guess one at this point, and that might change 10 seconds into tomorrow's episode, but at this point they don't know it's a spirit or at least Suvi right. doesn't know it's we're a spirit. Just, yeah. We're just guessing. Right. Um, Ursulon seemingly would be able to like, even if Ursulon, the character doesn't know instantly, it seems like that's something Brennan would probably be like, Ursulon, you recognize this 
as like one yeah. of your own type of thing. So yeah, I feel like I, see that. I feel like they'll find that out very quickly if they don't already know. And when that happens, Ursuline's obviously going to have an issue with it, and Ame is obviously going to have an issue with it. Mm-hmm. Suvi, the cliffhanger was like, "What have you done?" But I don't, I'm not convinced that she necessarily would be starkly against it just for just off jump. Like, you know, we've seen her to be very ruthless and kind of, you know, not just have certain stances on things because they're like the right thing to do. Now, maybe her proximity to Ursuline would make her feel that way without needing another reason. But I don't know. She's cold blooded is what I'm saying. So like if she does see this as a way that the Citadel could gain power, maybe she would be for it even, you know. So like I'm curious if if that dynamic comes into play at all. I can maybe see it. It would be more of a stretch for me, but I, I could see that happening for sure. Um. But but yeah, I mean, if it, regardless of the the inter party dynamic, there let's just let's assume they all are on the same page. I don't see it coming to to blows in this instant because, like you said, like they're outnumbered, outmatched here, and <laughs> stranded as well. If they yeah, well, that's why I'm so I'm just that's why I'm curious because I mean, so far everyone's kind of beat to their drum, with the exception of Will Gallows. And so, I, you know, we, there's a lot of ego with Suvi, you know, especially talking about the army, like, Hey, I pretty much run this place. Like I, yeah. and I said this, I actually said this probably three or four episodes ago where I said, Hey, I think we're heading towards a moment where Suvi realizes there is an extent to her influence. Uh, and maybe that's going to be happening this next episode. I don't know. So. Yeah. I mean, cause it definitely feels like, Moro's put all his eggs into this basket. So like if there was pushback from Suvi, he might be like, well, I got to kill you, you know, like, and I'll, I'll clean up that mess, but like, you're not stopping what I'm doing here. Like this is my one chance. Unless Suvi comes back and says, and blackmails and says, you know, how do you think the Citadel would care knowing that you kept this mage on your, in your employee who was embezzling money and you were so focused on this project, this hobby that, you know, you allowed treason to happen and I can maybe see something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, she's got, she's got some ammunition for sure. But yeah, I I don't, yeah, I don't see it coming to a fight, but I mean, I don't know what, what happens otherwise, especially if they know, especially if it is Naram and they can figure that out all in this moment, mm-hmm. which maybe those things don't happen. Um, I mean, if it did come to blows, they got, they got a few cool rings to help. That's true. Ame is pretty buff these now. Are, these things are broke as crap for level one, dude. 19 strength. Yeah. That's nuts. <clears throat> and it's cool too, because we got the insight uh, I think episode two, maybe three, when they attacked um, the possessed captain and Brennan mentioned that a weakness of witches is their low strength score. Um, so it's a nice, it's, a, it's an item that complements her character very well, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I want to, again, I don't want to like, 
I mentioned this earlier, but I don't want to like just reveal the stuff that only was revealed to patrons just because I, you know, I'm sure they don't want that to be a thing either. Um, but maybe after we finish, I could uh, show yeah. you some of the things because there's some cool stuff. Um, but, you know, like I think Suvi alluded to during the episode, like it's dangerous to wear multiple rings. Yeah. Some of the mechanics of that are explained. And uh, uh, it's pretty interesting. Cool. Um, I thought that was like the role play explanation for having a limit on attunements mm. or something. Uh, and then also the them feeling sick was what I assumed to be like a role play explanation for having to attune. Oh, no. So there's actual okay, mechanics cool. for both of those things. Wow. Um, that's cool. But yeah, so and maybe like I'm sure like down the road, especially like once this is discussed in canon then maybe we can come back and discuss this for those of you that are like, Oh, I'm not a patron like this. I want to know. Um, so maybe we can bring this up again later in the future. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. Um, okay. So I guess before we leave the whole cliffhanger reveals yeah. and everything, is there anything else that you wanted to touch no, on yeah. there? No. Yeah. So I, I mean, last thing on it is if, if they don't fight, I guess it's more of a, just, kind of holding their cards for now and like reevaluating yeah. for like a I plan could see, later. I could see them going and getting Wavebreaker and it being like, hey, this is the mission right now. Like we have to free Naram. Yeah. That's and so them basically coming back. Like you said, holding their cards for now. Like we're not going to fight today, but we're going to go get ready for the fight two days from now or three days from now. Yeah, that's a good point because I mean, presumably they are going to get Wavebreaker unless Gallows pulls some kind of underhanded, well, you, you know, mm-hmm. you got to do this for me now because, you know, whatever mm-hmm. his excuse may be for why they didn't fulfill their part of the bargain. Um, assuming there's no, you know, underhanded and underhandedness like that, this would serve as a next immediate like step and direction for the campaign. Obviously there's, still the, the main story if i can call it that of utilizing wavebreaker to figure out what's going on with ame um but i imagine at least if not the immediate next step one of the next steps is going to be like away from here or like they're gonna have to like do something else type of thing so like this could be a while we're here let's take care of this um, but even that, yeah even that feels a bit clunky because it's like an attack on your own people you know, like in the Azur battalion there to reinforce. I mean, I just, I just really wonder like how much is Suvi actually able to do? That's like, I true. Know she can, I know she can, um, uh, sorry, I hear my kid crying. So I was looking at our camera. Um, I know Suvi's able to like flex and, you know, use her position to an extent, but at a certain point it's like, like you can't like raid your own base, you know? Right. That, yeah, that's a really good point. Because, I mean, even if they have time to plan, let's call it, this is still like very high level, for lack of a better phrase here, stuff going on. Like a great right. spirit that's imprisoned by a whole like industrial military complex. Like, yeah. you know, even with prep time for my Batman yeah. fans, I don't I don't know if that's if that's really going to change anything for them. Um, right. Unless it's like a stealth mission. Um, right. But yeah. Can, and, okay. And I can maybe see that. Uh, and then that's a nice kind of segue with Suvi and going against, you know, the powers that be to an extent. 
we have um, the Citadel carriage that we know to be at the governor's mansion uh, with Abjurer Galani, I believe, mm. seemingly there to check up on whatever the hell Suvi has gotten into with this news going around, which um, we don't know the full extent of kind of like her clearance to be out doing these things. We just know that she got special permission mm-hmm. to leave to go like say goodbye to Grandmother Wren. Mm-hmm. And uh, is it, we had the same thing last time. Is it silver or what's yeah. her? Or yeah. is that the? Or is that her? That's her right. Boo oh, thing. Stone. Oh dang it! You're right. Because <laughs> uh, oh I think silver was the guy. But I. Why do we do this every time? Um, stone soft. I think silver was the guy, and we're doing it again. Uh, okay, let's see here. Of course, this one doesn't have all the characters listed. Stone, soft, silver, Suvi, silence. Silence is the magi, her, right? That's her. her the Steel. 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 There we go. <laughs> Steel did say, take as long as you need. Yeah. But. I mean, that's Steel, her like mentor telling her that in terms of like the power, like the overall power structure being like, where's Suvi? She's saying goodbye to Rin. And then they hear Suvi is accusing a mage at the Scepter's Chorus. And, Mm. you know, like they'd be like, wait, what? Like that has nothing to do with Grandmother Mm. Rin. So like maybe she could be already kind of getting into not trouble, but like having to answer some questions that she probably doesn't want to answer at this stage. Well, and it's like we said around like episode two or three where, and you just mentioned it, like when you have to take time off from work, your boss is going to say, take as much time as you need. Yeah. But there's also a point your boss is going to be like, Hey, we kind of need you back. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I definitely, they know grandmother, presumably know grandmother Ren has died and now it's been however many days since then. I think, um, Ursuline said it had been like two weeks or something or 10 days prior. He was like working in a carnival or something. I don't know if it's actually been that many days, but right. you know, it's been a little bit after she passed away. So yeah, I, 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 I will say though, I didn't take it as, um, Galani coming to check on Suvi. I, I took it as Galani had business there and was also cognizant of the fact that Suvi was also there. Yeah, I could see that. Um, not, not like necessarily like, Oh, Suvi made a mess, go clean it up. But the news has already reached them that this stuff has happened. Um, so yeah, I could just see all, all this was to say that on top of, you know, Suvi being conflicted for lack of a better word of like going on this Naram mission against these people, she's also going to have the added pressure from the Citadel who aren't, yeah. like, they are somewhat in the know that she's no longer just mourning grandmother Ren. Yeah. Um, and this, yeah. And there has to be like, yeah, your duties. Like you work for a pretty big deal of a person, like you know. So yeah, yeah that's that's an interesting pain point that I'm curious to see how Brennan how she navigates that with Brennan. Yeah. And and speaking of Suvi, uh we kind of got another instance of kind of her having her own yeah, my agenda, way. Uh, you know, yeah. as it were um about pain yeah or yeah with pain with yeah um just being like he's gonna die or essentially like or you know like not not being okay with 
kind of them letting them meaning yeah. Ame and Ursuline letting him off the hook and her just still going to spill the beans to um, Moro. Uh, I just, I thought it was interesting and this is something we've talked about before. Um, but there was an allusion to the pair and the spare, uh, which is something that the cast talked about saying that like, there's this dynamic where there's when a, in a group of three, there's like two that are kind of close. And then like the third wheel, uh, I think it is shaping up more and more to be that Ame and Ursuline are going to be that pair and, and Suvi is going to be the one over yeah. here on an island. And I thought it was going to be Ursuline and Suvi with Ame kind of over by herself. But definitely this episode, I had the same, uh, I remembered that same analogy and thought, okay, yeah, I think Suvi is definitely the one who's kind of off by her own. Um, and it's, I mean, she tells us as much that, you know, to l- grow up in the Citadel you're trained to be a warrior. Like you're trained yeah. to be a soldier. Um, so the total lack of empathy that we then see Ame bring to the table, like I, I it kind of makes sense, the tension between them even. Yeah, totally. And I'm, I'm wondering like, especially in this long form campaign, when that's going to like break. And I don't mean that, that, that Suvi's going to change, but just like when that's going to come to a boiling point. Cause like it could yeah. be soon, but it could also be two years down the line, you know? So mm-hmm. like, when is she going to turn against the Citadel? And not that that's an inevitability, but yeah, sure. it does seem like that's at least at some point, probably what's going to happen. Um, it, it feels like what the Citadel's intentions are, are at some point going to, run in friction with what Ame or even Ursulam would want to accomplish. Yeah. Agreed. Especially if they, in the short term, stop Moro from what he's doing. And then someone comes back from over the top, like Galani, for example, who's there, right. You know, if she finds out about the thing and is like, well, no, we're not canceling this. This is awesome. Yeah. You know, or gets, or worse, if they've already like taken care of it. Now there's this thing about like, why would you do this? Suvi? Like, why would you, I don't know, I'm very interested to see how this all plays out. Yeah, me too. Uh, so I don't, I don't really have more to espouse on it, but I'm just very interested in that, in that whole dynamic. And like I said, mm-hmm. this could be something we talk about for the next 60 episodes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. it, it's definitely right there and ripe, and I think it's going to just keep... I think that's mm-hmm. going to be a recurring kind of dynamic with yeah. this party. Um, yeah. But it is interesting that at least for for right now in this episode that it wasn't a pain point for Ame and Ursulon. Now they don't, they weren't privy to the conversation Suvi had with Moro, but kind of how Ame and Ursulon came out of this was that like, we need to be stronger for Suvi, mm-hmm. you know? So I thought that was interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> okay. Yeah, another thing I wanted to just briefly talk about was uh, <laughs> the Fox and how like we, he seemingly almost did get, just taken away from us. Um, yeah, it seems like you can't just ritual cast, you know, summon familiar. <laughs> well, we did. So. We did get some info on this in the fireside okay. chat. Um, okay. And I mean, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite since I just said I didn't want to like share the specifics of those items, but I feel like this is slightly different. Um, yeah, okay. But we do have a, a bit of a r- reveal that there are ways like if the fox were to be struck and drop to zero and be kaput, there are ways for the fox to come back. We um, yeah. were told as much from Brennan. Uh, there was a bit more detail, and so I won't go into that. Um, yeah, okay. But we do, and we do know that much. Uh, but it was just funny during the episode how like <laughs> it, 
it just I, I don't know if it didn't cross her mind but it's seeming like there was like a light bulb moment when he was like well i'm gonna attack the fox and they were yeah, like well he only like, has two hit points i got the whole like uh what's the meme uh format where it's like wait no not like that <laughs> you know maybe not uh, <laughs> uh maybe it's i, I can't i've been making it even worse now trying to explain it but it's like it's like a meme format of someone being like, do this. And then something happens that backfires and backfires. And they say, no, not like that. But I can't remember anymore. <laughs> I think I know it. what you're talking about. So, um, <laughs> thanks for the pity. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> you're like, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I, I got the same sense of that light bulb though, of her being like, wait, what? Yeah. And just realizing, okay, two hit points, <laughs> which, um, I guess there's no point in diving in on it since we do know that there are ways to bring back the familiar. But yeah, I was I was really nervous because, you know, we had we we knew that uh, the witch familiars operate differently from, you know, standard 5E familiar where you can just recast it. So I was I was worried that there would be no way to bring back the fox. But good to know we've got a a safety net that I'm sure it doesn't always work. But at least there in some cases there is a safety net. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait on that. There's another part that I could bring up, but uh, now I'm teetering on the edge of sh- too to, much. Yeah. I need to find a, okay. uh, I don't know. Well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll look at their FAQ and see if they do explicitly outline like what they're comfortable with people yeah. talking we should about have, or not. We should have Brennan on and just kind of give yeah. us the scoop. And yeah, yeah. To share. That's a good idea. Um, We'll get them on for the next one, guys. Brennan, we know you watch, so you yeah. know if you want to come on, just let us know in the comments. Yeah, welcome anytime. You, know. <laughs> you can call me or just show up at my house. I'll make you dinner. <laughs> just whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I'll sleep in my bed. It's cool. <laughs> Open invitation. <laughs> oh. Um. Okay. What else? Um. Do you think we'll see pain again? Probably not, un- unless it's through gallows somehow like if they go to get wavebreaker and like pain's already there captured or something yeah which would be interesting if they had to like truly face the consequences of their actions in that way like Mm -hmm. they see his corpse or something Um, yeah but other than something like that i doubt it what do you think i feel the same way yeah um I, i do think it could be interesting for him to show back up but i don't necessarily see that being the case um so which i wonder if um in this as your battalion mini story arc if i can call it that if we'll find out any more about ghost she's the one who worked for um finley yeah the one that suvi was supposed to like put in the good word for and maybe like even if that doesn't happen on camera maybe it's still safe to assume that that did happen I see um, ghosts popping back up if they ever make their way back to the Citadel. Like maybe she also made it there or something. Yeah. I hope so. Cause I would really like to see that character yeah. again. Yeah. Um, and the candle golem. Yeah. Uh, one other thing during that I should have brought up a second ago was with the whole, you know, Suvi wanting to end pain. I thought what was really interesting was Ursulon immediately lay on handsing pain and bringing him back yeah. up, especially from pain being the one that was basically threatening to kill Ursula not moments before. Um, I just thought that 
spoke a lot to Ursuline's character. That that wasn't yeah. even like a question in his mind. Yeah. It was like it is, it is his character's character. <laughs> but um, and it's interesting the friction. We know we've always seen Ame and Suvi kind of have that friction, but we saw it with Ursuline and Suvi of her being like, "He's gonna die anyway. Like, why does it matter?" And Ursuline just basically being like, "That's that's just not who I am. Like, that just that's just not who I am." You know? Yeah. So. We did get a, a, a cool glimpse as to the kind of person he is. Um, you know, he's working towards being that knight that he saw by the road. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I really like that. Because especially, we don't know the details, but Ursuline's had a pretty rough life, I think it's safe to assume. Like, he was basically yeah. on homeless for a majority of it. Um, you know, had to work at a carnival, and probably that was probably one of the better things he's done in terms of, like, dignified over the past 10 years or whatever. So it's just, yeah, and even that's a low bar. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, even, even having gone through all of that still has like the empathy and the compassion and the, oh. the night, the knighthoodedness to, um, you know, instantly drop that heel. So I just, I yeah. liked that. Yeah. Um, two other quick points. Um, and then I've, then I toss it to you for anything else you wanted to talk about, but, uh, real quick, we got another mention. This might have been during the, the after show, um, but it's not like it's something they've talked about. Um, I can't remember. But we got another mention of this mechanic of weaker mages in this world dumping spell slots into a pool for more powerful mages to utilize, um, which is something that we kind of got a glimpse of with the spell ring that Brennan described of Moro, how it had like extra spell slots for him to use if he needed to. And we know that Suvi's dad had a similar type of ring. Mm. Um, so not that this is anything new, but just since it was brought up again and like explicitly spelled out, I just thought that was so cool. And like, yeah, I think I missed that detail. That's cool though. It might've been in the, in the after show where they brought it up again. Um, but yeah, I just a little fascinating piece of world building that I just feel like makes so much sense, especially in this type of like wizardocracy type of society where like, yeah, like all you're good for is dumping your spell slots for me to yeah. use because I'm like that much better than you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, but to me, that makes me think not to underestimate Moro, you know, I mean, pain was a pushover, but Brennan said it himself <laughs> that, you know, pain was relegated to a tiny little office as a bookworm so clearly wasn't too proficient um i would expect a lot more out of moro especially with that ring yeah yeah true and i guess it's mechanically probably safe to assume that pain was also like level one i guess so yeah i'm yeah. curious what level moro is if we can yeah, look at it 20. that way um <laughs> but yeah i'm just i'm really curious to know how this spell slot pool works it seems yeah. like broken, but I'm surely it's not just like an infinite pool that certain people can take from. Like, I'm sure his ring, if it's a magic yeah. item, just gives him an extra X amount of slots. Yeah. Um, but even it's kind of really cool. It's a, little, it's a little calamity inspired because didn't Laren give. Um, Sam oh, yeah. His character yeah, spell Sam, slot? yeah. He had like a spell slot that he could that he then gave to uh to Laren, right? Someone someone had a spell slot they gave to someone else, is all I remember. Yeah, Sam is the one that had it. Okay. And then yeah, I think he gave it to Laren, which uh Abria actually brought up Calamity and Laren, I think in the after show. 
Uh, it yeah, wasn't okay. like a big point or anything, but she was just talking about how much she loves her wizards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. And also I didn't, I haven't gone back to like actually confirm this, but does this, or actually I guess you haven't really listened to much of the children's adventure, but I saw somebody say now having seen Ravening War, I understand why during the children's adventure, Lou Brennan and Abria kept saying, come on provolone. And I like, I don't remember them saying that, but now I'm like really curious if they have said that. Hmm. Uh, so if, if for any of y'all that have watched the children's adventure and let me know if you remember them saying that yeah, um, okay. it's obviously something that could easily have just gone over my head since I didn't understand it. But, yeah. Um, I thought that was funny. If so, um, the only other quick thing I wanted to mention, throw up my notes real quick. Um, not much to talk about here, but um, we still don't know what this collection is that Moro had of her, her parents. We know that Suvi now is taking that. So um, if she gets we, away with it, which hopefully she will. Did we for, find out if, you, if the her two friends clocked her hiding it? Yes. Okay. See, I wasn't sure what that stealth, that sleight of hand roll was for. Because like, why would they care if she was hiding that? So I didn't know if that was like a to be revealed at a later date type of thing. Like if, and when they finally leave, if Moro's mm. like, where's my book. And maybe that yeah. was like going to depend on that role she made in that moment. I think he gave it to her. Right. Yeah, yeah he did. I, I don't know if he like gave it to her to keep though, but like, he was like, yeah. <laughs> she was like, I want to see my, my parents things. And he was like, it's in this book. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know. Diary. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave that back. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I took it as like her just being guarded, you know, just not, she is the most more guarded one of her friends. And we see this happen again and again. Like for example, this most recent episode, maybe it was after the combat with pain or I can't remember when it was, but um, they were kind of like swapping not notes, but just like everyone good. And Ami was like, Suvi, are you okay? And she was like, I'm fine. Which is what she typically says. Yeah. And so I didn't know if it was like, I have a more guarded, like, I don't want them to know I have it. Like, I don't want to have a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. So I want to tuck it away. Yeah, that's interesting. And that that makes more sense, honestly, for at Brennan asking for that role in this moment. So I, I didn't even think about that, but I like that. I think that plays into her character of like not wanting to answer any questions that yeah. might inevitably come if they were to see her do that. Right. Um, so, again, don't have much to say on it in this moment, but I'm glad that that I'm glad that thread hasn't been lost amongst everything else going on and that. Yeah. Presumably soon we might get to find out what exactly yeah, is in right. that book. Um which I think she said something about like it had pressed flowers in it. Maybe I'm getting confused. I don't know. Okay. I, for some it's it's one of those things where we are like I think I heard that, but then you're like, wait, is this one of those things where you just think you did but you never did, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of how uh, I feel too. Joy calls it the um sleeper effect. We're like <laughs> I think it's what it's called where like someone says something, but there's no like basis to it. And you're like, oh, yeah, I've heard that somewhere. Yeah. So it's anyway. that. So yeah, I've heard too much. I've heard too much outside is actually bad for you. It's like, I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I should stay inside. Yeah, I should just <laughs> stay on my computer. I guess yeah. play some more video games. <laughs> you insist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, well, I think that does it. Yeah, I was I was just gonna ask if you had anything else, yeah. but that pretty much covers it for me. Yeah, overall a great episode, and I'm really excited for the next one. Me too. Um, which tomorrow, so 
I'm excited. It's going to be funny go. when it's like explicitly not Naram and like everything we just <laughs> talked about was completely bogus. Yeah. And Amy is like, Amy, Ame is like, uh, <laughs> I was just thinking about your Denise short that you put up on TikTok, which was oh, did... so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was going to ask because I, I knew you hadn't seen that narrative telephone. So I'm glad you oh, watched that it. was so good. She was awesome. Yeah. But despite the point, um, people who are, <laughs> who are like totally lost right now, they're like, what? Um, no, I, I just, um, I can just see like Ame being like, this is Naram, right? And Brandon being like, no. <laughs> and any idiot who thinks it is, we're like, oh. Frantically changing his DM notes. Yeah. Like. <laughs> It's yeah, <laughs> Nafam, <laughs> this other guy. <laughs> so, all right, well, guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. We so appreciate it. Got lots of D and D and apparently Diablo content. If you're curious about any of that stuff, um, we got more Worlds Beyond coming up, the Ravening War epilogue, final episode, uh, Critical Role, and we'll see if there's anything else that happens this week. Um, anything you want to add, Will? No, you didn't watch. The Ravening War shorts, right? No, I didn't. Okay. Even even though that one's blowing up. I know. I, blowing up. I was I was because you said you watched the Amy Carrero one, so I was like, wait, hopefully he didn't watch those other ones. Um, no, no, I didn't. I didn't. All right, good. Because well, you had episode six in the title, so I was like, okay, I'm not gonna watch this. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, good. Uh, um, yeah. but no, yeah, that covers it. We just need a quick thumbnail. Ooh, I got an idea. Okay. Maybe one of us could be like the like deliriously happy crying yeah. Moro, and the other person could be like the "What are you doing, uh, yeah. Suvi?" I can be the I can be the crying guy. Okay, I'll be the. Okay, I wish I had like some clear tears or whatever. Maybe I can maybe I can add some big fake ones. Maybe yeah, yeah, okay. Like post. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, Alrighty, we'll catch you guys later. <laughs> Have a good See one. Ya. Bye. Bye.